Welcome to another edition of Campus Life, the college half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin, and I am joined by three very special guests tonight. We are doing, we're continuing the C2C strategy series here. Uh, first time experiences, so everybody uh, in this conversation except for one will be uh, a, a, a somebody who is newer to the C2C world. Um, my first special guest here is personal friend, Justin Herr. Uh, Justin went to college with Austin and I met him through him. And the other guest we have here tonight is my brother, Evan. What's up guys? How are we doing? Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us. Uh, with Evan and I on, this is no doubt going to be your least listened to episode yet. I have no doubt this is going to be uh, well received uh, because I also have another guest here tonight. What's up, Austin? Thanks for actually joining for once. Thank you. Um, I'm looking kind of homeless. It's been a while since I've showered. Uh, got, got a haircut. Uh, we're, we're really struggling over here. But thank you for having me on tonight to talk to these wonderful gentlemen about how we suckered them into playing C2C and how much they freaking love it now. <laughs> Come on, guys. You know you do. Justin, his first freaking year, won the damn league. So, I mean, we, you know, I think uh, I think this is this is a good pair of guys to come on here and, and talk a little bit about some C2C leagues. They'll yeah. be modest. They won't say this, but it's it's that is a true story. Mm -hmm. It is. It is a true story. Uh, Evan, thank you for joining us, even though you, you didn't win the first league this year, but it's okay. Yeah, no. Justin's story was one of success. Mine was something a little different let's just say that <laughs> but uh thanks for having me yeah and we will we'll get into that story a little bit later but we'll start we'll get a little bit of a background from each of you guys uh we'll talk a little bit then about the first league that you guys were in and maybe you know some lessons and takeaways uh and then we'll get you guys out of here how's that sound sounds good excellent awesome so evan um Obviously, I know the answer to all these questions since you are my brother here. But how long have you uh, been playing fantasy football? Um, well, I started in high school, so it's been about 15 years now, which old. makes me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I started playing Dynasty about uh, nine years ago. And uh, anyone questioning my credentials on, like, who is this jabroni and why am I listening to him? <laughs> In our home league, uh, I've been to the championship in four straight years, and I've won three years beating each one of you gentlemen. So, um, who did you I lose? I have to admit, Justin ruined my three-peat <laughs> attempt, and I'm still a little salty about that. But um, I'm still a little salty that you beat me that year after I finished undefeated uh, yeah. in the regular season. But so is Colin the only one here who has never won that league? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. This yes. is what I have to work with on the show, guys. <laughs> what if you want to take Colin's seat moving forward? As you regularly so, bring You've up. also never won a C2C league that I'm in with you, Colin. And Justin had... Um, Justin, okay. I will, I will send you a written offer to hop on this podcast with me. Listen, after I won the first year, I texted you guys and said, when am I coming on? It took you yeah. a whole year and a half after. We couldn't have you on until one of us responded with a win and since i got that this year sorry colin like we said fair, you, fair. You, you just non-competitive um that we figured it out now was finally the egos could take it 
Yeah. Yeah. We did have to answer back at least. Um, and I don't feel the need to shout out my credentials here, but I've won leagues uh, of one that you were in as well. The program, even though we weren't in the same side of it, but uh, I digress. I, I can't confirm it. I'm not in the, I'm not in the league with you. So you could, Oh yeah. I won like 15 leagues last year. You just, you've never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like my girlfriend from high school. Call, she goes call him was so happy I was going to be away for six weeks, and then I popped in tonight when you gentlemen were on, and now he's just this is I'm I'm regretting it immediately. Yeah. His self esteem was growing again; it was mm-hmm. at an all time high. And uh, yeah, literally, I, first comment in this chat here is Austin. You can see how regularly he messes this up. So you know, just just a little behind the scenes of what I have to deal with behind the scenes. Same. But um, Evan, how so? You know, you, you've been playing C two C here. You, you joined the the league with Austin and I. How long have you been playing C two C? Um, well, just finished up a uh, second year, so two years now. And, and you loving it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that that sounded sincere. I'm going to take it as sincere. <laughs> um, what made you take the jump into C two C? Um, Austin threatened me at gunpoint and allegedly my family's lives. Allegedly, sorry. Yeah, um, we're not we're not trying to get sued yeah. out here. <laughs> but uh, no, it seemed like an interesting challenge and a huge step up from just regular Dynasty or uh, Devi. So uh, I wanted to give that a shot. And I also wanted to show my support for you guys uh, by joining the league as well. So and you, you have played Devi before, just to throw that out there, too. Like yes. You followed the progression. Mm. We actually have yeah. a home Devi league as well. For anybody that's not familiar, um, Justin, you're the only person not in that. Do you want to be in that? I can kick somebody out. That'd be great. <laughs> I know the commish. I'm always I'm always looking for more leaks. So. On air. Boom. Boom. All right. I'll I'll go in and just eeny meeny miny somebody out for you. And, uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get you hooked up. Uh well, Justin, uh how so you haven't been playing Debbie, but how long have you been playing regular fantasy football for? Regular fantasy football since 2006. Uh oh. so I am 30 years old. So that's been oh. since uh since I was 14. And then for Dynasty, it has been seven years with only only the only league is our home league that I'm oh. in. That's the only Dynasty league that I've been in. Uh, and in those seven years, I have one championship, two second places and a third place. So not too bad in my own right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't need to we, so we don't need to talk about who's won in that league and who hasn't. We don't need a single to, second place. We don't. No, that's not true. <laughs> oh, you have a third place, too? Yes. Okay. I think I have two third places actually, but at least one. Uh, but we don't need to talk about that. That's fine. It's fine. Um, Justin, how long have you been playing C2C for? Same as Evan. Just finished year two. Uh, so this will be year three coming up. Awesome. And what made you take the jump into C2C? I am a football junkie. So this seemed like a logical next step. And I'm also always looking for a challenge. And C2C is certainly that. Uh, and as well as, like Evan said, being friends with you and Austin certainly help. And we appreciate the the support. You know, not all of our not all of our friends out there support us the way you guys do. So, you know, not going to name any names in particular, but they won't know. They don't listen to the podcast. So let's just put them all on blast point. here over the next. Week. <laughs> That's a great point. We can like friends. They are yeah. all right. Well, how much time we got here? I think right. we could probably got at least ten minutes for this. Colby. <laughs> 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 keep going keep going you know who will actually probably hear this delaney delaney yeah. <laughs> delaney yeah. she, listens she listens yeah um 
Awesome. So, I, I, you know, obviously, we appreciate you guys supporting us, joining the C2C League here. And the league that you guys joined is the one that um, Austin commissions. But why, Evan, why don't you just give us a quick rundown of the basic settings of that league? Yeah, so for our first league, we really uh, dove into the deep end right away. Thank you, Austin. Um, <laughs> it's a 24 team with a full IDP. So we got two quarterbacks, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and three flexes on offense. And then you have two D linemen, three linebackers, three defensive backs, and two individual defensive players um, on defense. And it's the scoring's like pretty basic scoring. It's just a tiered PPR. Yeah. Uh, startup was a uh, was an auction draft uh, on both sides. And then the college side continues to be an auction draft. The uh, traditional rookie draft on the on the NFL side there. I, Justin, I, I want to ask you guys real quick, because, yeah, the, the, the first startup you guys ever did was like an auction with a ton of teams in it and a ton of stuff that you like just compounding like the fact that you've never played c2c it was also like no one knows the linebackers from rice like you know it's like whatever do you i have long maintained on this show and elsewhere that it's actually a very forgiving startup format for people who have never played it before do you justin i'll I'll come to you with this question first do you, you guys agree with that i mean did it give you a little bit of leeway to kind of pick and choose your spots it did. I had never done an auction league before <laughs> in general. <laughs> really, really opened your eyes this whole time. Yeah, and I think I, I told you at the time, literally the only article for, not surprising, for a C2C startup auction league was by you, Austin. And I told <laughs> you that is what I followed during it. And obviously I had some good results the first year. So thank you. CampusCan.com. Two ninety nine a month, twenty nine ninety nine a year. Get you the door. <laughs> <laughs> nice <Thank> plug. You, <laughs> nice Evan, plug. You, yeah. you, you agree as well, Evan? By the way, I, I wanted to ask you. I mean, I, 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 I think it logically makes sense, but yeah, it gives you a little more flexibility to kind of choose like your strategy and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I definitely preferred the auction startup to a regular like snake draft. By the way, Colin print out a whole sheet and i'm just going to interject throughout this whole thing and he has like a nice thing planned and I'm, just, I'm, I'm already ruining it but okay. you ruin everything so yeah. it's fine i'm not too worried about it um but i will say with the with this startup as well both colin and austin you guys i don't even know if it was like five days before either of you even won a player maybe even longer <laughs> sounds right we took the yeah we took the the wait and see approach on that one and that was that was actually kind of my strategy going into that too, is I knew there were some newer people in the league. I also knew that there were um, some people in the league who may, you know, have, have come in through like the Devi circles and maybe they didn't have quite as deep of names. So I knew the guys at the top were going to get expensive. Uh, so, I, I mean, just Justin did mention the only article about this, at least at the time there, there might be other ones out there. I kind of doubt it, but maybe, um like it's like niche inside of a niche inside of a niche like <laughs> yeah. no reason for me to write this article um i like that was the only article out there i like 14 of the 2014 was right off the bat you could tell we're going studs and duds which is what i advocated and i was like okay that's clearly not gonna work um not everybody can go studs and duds there aren't that many studs so um yeah you guys you guys really made me uh flip around what i what i wanted to do so congratulations uh to you guys as well 
Hey, we have to keep the experts on their toes too. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. It's like unpredictable. It's like mm-hmm. it's like these people are just acting up, <laughs> making me look like a chump out here. <laughs> yeah, I had to pivot from what I would normally do there. It's uh, it's a little bit of a longer term approach, um, but we noticed in case. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, anyway, uh, so after the startup here, uh, obviously, you know, some things go well, some things maybe don't go well. Uh, Evan, do you have any regrets from that first startup? Oh, so many. Um, <laughs> well, at that point in time, uh, you guys didn't really have uh, your guides out yet. So I didn't have that information to kind of rely on. So I was kind of. Um, didn't have a ton of information about players um, outside of like the bigger Debbie names like you guys were talking about. Um, so I kind of went with the studs and duds approach. Um, but like you said, everyone else was kind of doing that as well. So it's kind of wasn't the greatest strategy. But um, one regret that I did have was um, I was listening to your podcast the one time and you guys were talking about Hendon Hooker and I had I forget if I had drafted him or picked him up off waivers, but he hadn't played for the first couple of weeks or something like that. And I'm like, well, I need to pick someone up who's scoring points. I dropped him. And then like two weeks later, he starts like starting and tearing it up. And I just wanted to bash my head against the wall, so. <laughs> especially looking back at it now. But all about that patience. Yeah. Even more. You got to be patient in Dynasty. You have to be even more patient sometimes in. Yeah in college yeah, that was a learning experience for sure yeah it's good to learn that lesson on hen and hooker and not like i i, I don't know insert you know player who was amazing starting in year two um yeah drake may that, yeah that would yes that would that would have hurt yeah. considerably worse that way yeah that's yeah. a good point yeah justin what about you any any regrets come to mind here after the first draft well, I want to start by saying I would watch a lot of college football, but I do not have a favorite team or rooting interest really going to a very small D3 school for college and not growing up with, you know, my parents don't have any rooting interest in any college teams whatsoever. So I knew the bigger names and you know, being in a dynasty league, I knew kind of the guys coming out in the draft, but beyond that, I... I didn't know a ton, so I went with the spend big on studs. And, and my biggest regret would probably be I, I don't think I even filled out half a roster by, by the end of it. And uh, I spent a lot of my budget on two QBs, which I semi-regret going big on the second one. Who were the two, Justin? Sam Howell and Matt Corral. Okay. Hmm. Obviously worked out for that their last year in college, but remains to be seen in the NFL side. Um, and then I get a little too interested and addicted to the small school guys instead of you know looking at a longer term approach. I like I love you know I love App State. You know, being I live in North Carolina, so all the North all the North Carolina schools I would you know sprinkle in someone. Uh, but I will say doing a mock draft run by you guys ahead of time was a huge help just to get a little more familiar with certain names uh, and kind of, even though it, it obviously not an auction format, but just to get a little bit familiar, I think that helped a lot. 
Yeah, just get familiar with the names, kind of the ranges that they're going in, you know, the the public perception of those guys. I, those mocks are, are extremely valuable. And I mean, you know, for somebody who's never done a league before, they're extremely valuable for, for anybody. Like, I find a ton of value in those mocks. I try to participate in as many as I can, uh, you know, whenever we're running them. So, you know, if, if you're listening and you want in one of those mocks, keep an eye out on Twitter. Uh, we advertise those on Twitter. We advertise them in our Discord. Uh, can't recommend those enough even if you just want to see the number one request i get in my dms well number two you can guess what number one (laughs) is grow up (laughs) you guys have been emboldened me even more than i usually am on this show uh which is calling here um is like can i just see a draft board from a recent mock like they literally, some people just literally want like 20 rounds worth of names to pick out of. And I like, that's very reasonable because then at least you can, even if you're not using them for where the value is, you can go and look up, you know, who, who, who is, you know, John Smith, the wide receiver at central Arkansas already, you know, you can, you can, you know, Google if you want yourself and, and kind of piece that together. So that, that, and that's, we're more than happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so obviously Justin, we know how the year went for you. On, on the first year, um, big, big first year there. Um, Evan, how did it how did it go for you? Um, not great, but better than expected for my first go at it. Um, I finished in 15th out of 24, so kind of middling there. Middle of the pack. I think that's about where I finished, too. I'd like to talk about my Yeah, absolutely. My I was going to come to you, you know, next. Yeah. I didn't know if you were just going to skip over that or what. <laughs> well, I thought about it, but I mean, I did let Evan talk about his championship. Just to clear up. Austin you know, talks about his. Just a so huge circle. Everybody here. can just, talk about theirs. Yeah. So I'll let you. So just to go into detail, first year, undefeated, 13-0, and including the playoffs, top score, not bad. Sorry. And just, just to, you know, just so people have an idea. Mm-hmm. My top or my core six that I had were Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Brees Hall, Jordan Addison, Wandale Robinson, and Isaiah Likely. So with those six, yeah. <laughs> and then since it is IDP, through waivers, I basically found guys. And, well, now Justice is in, is in the league, uh, so that's <laughs> much more difficult. But... <laughs> Uh, that's basically how I built, you know, how my roster was built. Uh, and I will mention second year, I did go nine and one and had the top seed going into the playoffs. And, you know, I won't talk about what happened after that, but, you know, some unfortunate injuries, but, you know, wasn't, wasn't necessarily a one year wonder. This guy's a natural. He is. I, I will say, Justin, I do regret not trading you Dwayne McBride when you inquired about him. But at the time I was like, well, I think, think i'm gonna be able to make a push next year and i think mcbride's gonna come back so i wanted to hang on to him that's okay i forgive you i, I do feel bad about that because maybe that would have helped you i don't know uh yeah it, i well i don't want to talk <laughs> um so after the first season uh obviously got a little bit of experience under the belt here moving into the first supplemental draft and those can be those can be pretty daunting at first um it's maybe a little bit more daunting in a league like ours as well that has open waivers. So there's 24 teams, open waivers. You can pick up anybody at any point in time. Uh, and then it is an auction draft as well. So it's it's a, it's, it's a lot. Uh, but Evan, 
how did your first supplemental draft go? Can we like just skip this question or? No, no. I, I asked this one for a reason. Everybody's yeah, getting shots in at me. I want to take one here. All right. That's fair. <laughs> um, so I went in with a strategy in mind. Uh, I read like your startup guides and all that stuff. And then at some point during the summer, I stopped getting the group me notifications of our league and I completely missed the first half of the startup auction. So that was kind of a bummer, but, um, silver lining is I have a ton of auction money for the next year. So can watch out for me there. But, um, yeah, so I kind of had to, uh, just on the fly really quickly there. Um, and it didn't go as I was hoping. Do you not get the emails either? No, I don't get emails. Oh, so I get one every time a new player is nominated. So I think it's like impossible to miss. Like when I wake up and I've got like a thousand emails, I know that like there's a draft going on somewhere and I got to go find it. I turn those off. I only have it on if somebody bids me up. Smart. Yeah. Maybe Evan has that too, but obviously that's uh, not super helpful <laughs> if you're not bidding. If you're not bidding. Yeah. <laughs> it might have went to my spam folder or something to be honest, but. Yeah, well, the, that supplemental draft didn't go that well for me either because I went into it saving a ton of money after the startup and I was expecting to be able to buy Quinn Ewers and I ran into Matt Bruning who spent over a grand on him uh, of our auction money, which was and, like two thirds guys, of his budget. And you guys, so a big mistake that people make, you guys strung that out so long that once you guys settled that score, a lot of the other top guys were off the board already. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Learning I blame moment. I blame him for that more more than you know. Like, I kept getting frustrated when he would bid me up, and then finally, he he finished it off. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Don't but, don't don't get caught with the last big name guy on the board that you're going for. It's a bad practice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went in like this is my guy. This is who I'm going to go get. I don't have him anywhere. I wanted it. Quinn Ewers on one roster. Did not work out. Here, here's another tip for everybody that kind of relates to this. Uh, if you don't have the most money in the league and you're going against somebody who calls a certain player a god on every podcast he's on, I did have the, the most chances money of the you league. getting that player over the other person with more money who probably likes the player more. Also, also, he not did great. not have more money. I had more money, significantly more money. He spent so you're just stupid. Of, he spent two thirds of his money on it. I wasn't yeah. spending that much. I wasn't spending that much on it. All right, we're moving on. Moving on. Justin, how was your first supplemental draft experience? You got you you were there for the whole thing. Correct. And Austin was so kind to schedule it to start on the day that just so happened to be when my wife and I had our first child. So that was uh that was great. I think and that. it it kind of worked out nicely because when we were up in the middle of the night. Uh, with the baby, I just would lay there and look at the bids and research players. So uh, I would not say it went necessarily great for me. Uh, I, I I didn't really have a strategy uh, going in. I was in on Luther Burden for a while, but then decided it was a little too rich for me and got out and ended up going kind of with a quantity over quality approach in the end and ended up with just kind of a bunch of three star or three or four star, you know, lower tier running back and wide receivers. Uh, no one that I drafted really had any impact in year one, not necessarily that they don't have that. I don't have some possible high upsides going forward, but no one had an impact year one. Uh, but then throughout the year, I was able to pick up CJ Donaldson, uh, squirrel white and richard reese just as a couple names on waivers that turned into you know not necessarily squirrel but maybe for next year 
you know, I was more lucky or worked out better during the season than the supplemental draft itself. So do you recommend having a child the night of your draft or not? Like, is that, was that, was that a positive or no? I, I thought it was great. Yeah. You know, okay. cause no one's, no one else is really up, you know, at two in the morning checking the bid. So I could just outbid people if I wanted to, and they would wake up mad. So. Yeah, I, I, I seem to recall that happening once or twice, <laughs> but I can't stay mad at you. So, and I'll not sure if anyone will care or not, but so my just my strategy with auction dollars and waiver dollars, which probably is not necessarily a good strategy, but just I think it it would change if I did not have a competitive college side in my team. So I'm very active in waivers throughout the season, just being my team being competitive and looking for guys that can help me. But so what my strategy, we get $1,000 every year for the supplemental draft and waivers. I'm, I have that correct, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I I try and save uh, around $500 to roll over in addition to the $1,000 that we get. So $1,500 total for su- the supplemental draft. Basically, I, I, what I did last year was and uh, save $750 to use in the supplemental and then spend $250 during the year in college waivers, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure if that's a great strategy, but currently that is what I'm going with. <laughs> I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense for a team that's competitive because you're already competitive. You want guys who are going to help you right away. It's a little harder to find those in the freshman supplemental draft. Given that this is 24 teams, that supplemental pool can get pretty depleted. Um, so is there anything, um, and I'll throw this over to you, Justin, since you were just talking about your strategy, is there anything that you're going to change for it for next year? Or are you going to keep it relatively the same since you are also competitive this year? I think I'm going to change it and try trying. Sorry, let me get my pen down here and jot this down quick. <laughs> I, I I think it's it's going to change more into getting at least a few studs if possible, and then if there's kind of some value later on in guys that I like, try and sneak a couple in. But I don't think I'm certainly not going. I think I maybe won like 18 or 19 guys. What it ended up being the year before and it's with even though our rosters are so big it's tough to find room for for everyone even with guys graduating up to, to the nfl side uh so I, i'm certainly looking to to have that uh number be smaller makes sense attracts evan aside from actually showing up for this one anything you're going to do differently um I think I'm going to try and strategy wise uh pursue a similar approach as I had planned for last year um Realistically, I don't know how well I'm going to be able to compete regularly with uh, some of the degenerates in this league, like you guys um, who are like taking the top end speeds of high school sophomores in North Dakota. Um, (laughs) But because you have what you, Austin, Bruning, Dwight, PJ, Justice, and Mm -hmm. a couple other guys in this league. I mean, you guys are insane. So just want to say that's a loser mentality right there. Yeah, well, Thank you, Justin. <laughs> as Austin has pointed out a couple times, there are so many different strategies in this kind of format, so there are no losing mindsets. Uno reverse card. Um, 
No, yeah. th- there's there's no losing. There's no bad strategies, but there are losing mindsets. Okay. So, you know. All right, fair. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to target um, kind of more Devi assets and hope to build a solid pipeline to the NFL side. And I think I can probably compete on that side a little bit better. So that's my general strategy. I find that that's a, a common strategy amongst people who come from that Devi background like you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Or maybe I'm lying to you and I'm going to switch the whole thing on you. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly yeah. the whole reason I got you guys on here is so I can figure out what your strategy is in going into this year. So maybe I actually stand a chance next year. Um, but oh, on the sound likely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, so obviously you know first year here uh we had some good things with justin we had some you know lessons to take away from the draft like actually showing up on time um but just in general uh you know start before you started this league evan what was your biggest worry with diving into c2c um just my kind of basic lack of knowledge um because there's so many teams and so many players uh when you're jumping over to the college side that uh, it can be a little overwhelming to be honest. So um, yeah, just like kind of that basic lack of knowledge was my biggest concern going into it. Yeah. Uh, And there's going to be even more teams, you know, we're getting Sam Houston state and Jacksonville state. uh, So brush up on those, Evan. Um, (laughs) uh, Justin, what about you? What was your biggest worry uh, before starting a C2C league here? It was probably similar. Just the, the thought of being overwhelmed of, of learning and knowing so many players, but I was honestly surprised on how quickly I picked up on names or, you know, you, you learn, you, 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 you learn names pretty quickly when you're on fan tracks every single day, you know, looking at, looking at people to pick up or, you know, whatsoever. And honestly, the biggest worry may have just been the auction draft, just never having done one. And the fact that it was 24 teams, just, you know, and, and I should also say it's single copy for college, but the double copy for the NFL side. So just to add another confusing a- aspect to it, but another little wrinkle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what, so in terms of like the learning curve, Justin, would you say that you guys, and, and then Evan, I'll throw it over you too. Would you guys say you, you picked up on the, on the format, on how everything works, um, identified some players. Would you guys say you picked that up pretty quickly or what did it take a little while for you to, to get over that kind of a, a hump over that learning curve? I think it was kind of a mix of both there. You know, when waivers opened, there were some guys that I, I look back on. I'm like, why did I even think like no one would be interested in them? Like, why did I <laughs> pick them up? You know, but I, as the year went on, I, I think it definitely got easier, especially just now I watch a lot more college football too, and I'm checking random box scores of schools I never cared about before. So it, it, it was pretty not easy necessarily, but you know, it's, it's, it's not too difficult to get in the swing of it. What about you, Evan? Did you find you, you got into the swing of things pretty quickly there or did it take a little bit? Um, to be honest, I think it took me a little bit. Um, Cause it is kind of a steep learning curve. I think with um, going into uh, the college side, there's just so much more out there. Um, but the more like you listen to podcasts and read articles that you guys have been doing and stuff like that, names start sticking more and um, you start picking up on it, but it did take me a little bit of time to get it going. How about you Colin? When are you going to figure it out? <laughs> I ask myself that question every single morning when I wake up. Um, 
I, I just pray that this is, this is the morning where I get it. Uh, and, you know, I have a, fortunately a lot of great people at campus to Canton that, that really helped me out. My co-host, not among them, but, um, you know, I, I, I pray that I'll get it eventually. Self-awareness is like 80% of the battle. So you've got that. Sounds like you've got that part down. It's just that last 20%. Yeah. But the, you know, there's, there's some things that you just, you just can't ever get. It doesn't matter yeah. how hard I've tried try. flying it. I can't do that. So I get it. I yeah. assuming they're about similar levels of, I'm you know, assuming you mean flying like by flapping your arms and not yes. flying a plane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't have people, you don't have people fly. You, you don't fly your own plane. People fly it for you. Yeah. That would be yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll learn how to do that. It's that private jet life. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, of learning curves though, here, fan tracks is the only system where you can play college fantasy football. So you're, you have to play that side on that side. No choice. doesn't matter if you like it or if you not, if not. And I know that's not something that a lot of people are familiar with before they start playing college fantasy football and knowing you guys, knowing your backgrounds, I feel pretty safe saying that you guys had no familiarity with fan tracks heading into this. You would be um, wrong. You play fantasy baseball? I was uh, thinking golf. Yes, oh, I'll exactly correct. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> my it's gonna sound very sad, but it was just me and my brother. But we had a go fantasy golf. Who won? I I'm pretty sure I did just because he quit you know, oh. after like two tournaments. So wow. Hey, but, you uh, finished so that's the only the reason I was familiar with fan tracks. Okay. Okay, so Evan, I'll throw this one over to you then here with Fantrax. Was there any learning curve for you at all, like just using that platform to play on? Um, or was that pretty much, does that kind of mirror some of the other platforms you play on? I mean, it mirrors it to a degree. Um, it took a little while to like search around and find out where to find different stuff like that. But overall, it wasn't like super complicated to use. Um, I mean... I would say MFL is probably a little more complicated just with they have so much like information on there to go through that. That one's probably the one that took me a longest to kind of figure out. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Fantrax is in and isn't anything somebody should worry about. No, I wouldn't say so. Awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about dynasty and you guys' background there with this, um, Evan, I'll throw this one over to you first here too. What's like the biggest difference you found between dynasty and a C2C league? Um, like I said before, it's just kind of the scale. Um, it's just so much bigger. There's so many more teams out there, so many more players. Um, there's a lot more turnover with players only being there like a couple years, whereas in dynasty, they could be there like Tom Brady played for how many seasons, like. And then with the transfer portal too, there's so much movement. You got to stay on top of that. But I will say playing C2C has made Dynasty so much easier for me because like going into it, I don't, I feel like I don't even need to do research on the rookie draft like coming up because like I've heard all of these guys for three plus years. I've heard Austin talking about Bijan for the past three years. <laughs> Gam like, Gam has been talking about Bijan. for oh, sorry, Gam Gam. Let's, let's get that correct here. Yeah. That's where Austin gets all of his information yeah. from. Smart lady. Uh, Justin, or Justin, what would you say the biggest difference between Dynasty and C2C was for you? Yeah, besides this, the so many more players to know, in Dynasty, I was just having to research one draft class a year, and now you're looking at guys in high school. You know, my I told my neighbors who play fantasy football about this league, and they made a joke one time asking, you know, how the fifth grader I went and watched last weekend did. So how was it? 
Yeah, he played. He played okay. I was underwhelmed, to be honest. Uh, your your lawyer your lawyers recommend that you you stop talking about fifth graders. Um, <laughs> I, I have to interject here. I'm just looking out for your best interest. Fair. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But no, yeah, just going from from having to research one set of players to you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players. It's it can feel overwhelming at first, but like I said, it, it gets much easier as as the years go on. Awesome. So you say, would you say I say that's kind of the biggest challenge you guys have, have faced so far is just the sheer volume of players, knowing their schools, you know, kind of knowing depth charts uh, of teams like Appalachian State or Rice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I would say <laughs> the the... the college is so much more frustrating when it comes to injury information and depth chart. Uh, I think that's a huge, a huge difference. I find myself on, you know, Saturday mornings, just searching a player's name on Twitter and finding, you know, ball States, local beat port beat reporter, seeing if he has any injury updates, you know? So that's, that's a, a frustrating part of it that I not was not necessarily anticipating. And if it's the ball state, beat reporters, you know, daughter's quinceanera that day, you're out of luck. There's, there's, uh, there's no other source. Fifth graders, uh, peewee, peewee game. Do you find, um, do you find yourself being a little more conservative with lineup choices with that in mind? Like if you don't know, like, are you, are you more likely to just say, ah, I'll, I'll go to my next guy? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I I like to take risks, I would say, and I like I don't know I knowing uh, you in real life that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I hype <laughs> I hype my guys up in my head, you know. So I'm like, this guy's ready to to go off this week, and uh, you know, sometimes obviously it works out, sometimes it it doesn't. Interesting. But, so you advocate for a little more aggressive approach when lean into the unknown. Okay. Well, you know. I did go undefeated my first year. So. Did I? Did this is I? I'm interested. I mean, this is this is. Uh, I mean, I, it's a good I mean, success. I I preach the opposite, so I'm glad that we're getting somebody who's clearly been successful doing the exact opposite of what I've been doing. I spend way too much time on the Fantrax website while <laughs> while at work, so it's you know too many too many things are going on up there. Evan, what about you? Do you find that you kind of embrace the unknown like Justin does, or are you a little bit more conservative like Austin? Um, I'm a little bit more conservative. Um, it kind of depends, like on case by case scenario. Like generally speaking, I'm more like Austin and his approach. Gotcha. And then obviously, this the Fantrax does now have the the auto sub feature, where if your player does not play at all, no snaps they will be subbed out assuming you set your your queue and we did not use that last year uh in this league austin i'm going to put you on the spot here are we going to put that in this year yeah i think we're going to talk about it we didn't use it last year because we didn't know how it would work in the first what five weeks were kind of a mess yeah um so i'm i mean i'm glad we didn't just commissioning that league as a whole is a lot of work so yeah um, with the idc IDC i side. really don't have time to figure out 24 people's lineups because they you know their guy had to sit because he had a boo boo this week. I I I don't have time for handholding. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that'll end up becoming the standard. I mean, you guys. I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody that's like like everybody would be fine with that rule. I feel like in most leagues, you guys, you know, 
could live with that? Or do you actually feel like Justin or, or Evan, I mean, you're, you're a little more aggressive, Justin. So I want to ask you, do you think you would actually gain a bit of an edge with that kind of a role in place? Possibly, but I, I don't, I don't think I feel strongly enough either way to, to necessarily advocate against it. We'll get you in seven or eight leagues and then we'll ask you again. (laughs) Okay. Uh, well, speaking of your next league, um, I don't know when exactly that one's going to be, but is there anything you're going to do differently in your next startup, Justin, than you did in this one? Well, I, I, the auction format was great, but I would like to try just a normal, normal format too. I think I would probably, probably focus more on future Debbie value than, than what I did before. Well, I guess I was going on perceived value that didn't end up working out right but you know but uh i i think it should be much easier with the knowledge that i have now but i feel like you know i look forward to drafts so much and the only draft i have each year is a redraft one you know so i feel like i would i would be so excited for it and then it would start and things would just be going you know all over the place that you know you have to just be adaptable and in those yep. situations. So I, I think it would, it, it, I would try and have a, try and have a, uh, you know, a way I want it to go, but have to also be adaptable. Got to yeah, walk for sure. For sure. Once you, once you, and once you get after like rounds 15, 20, uh, it ends up just kind of going out the window to ADPs is tough to predict after that point. Um, Evan, what about you? What are you going to do differently in your next startup? Um, kind of similar to Justin, as far as I kind of want to try my hand at something other than a auction startup to see how that goes. But, um, I also would like to, uh, well, I definitely rely on your guides, uh, a lot more for the information, but to be fair, we didn't have them for our, our first sort of startup yeah. in this league. So yeah, fair probably point. that fair point, fair point. Um, we did not have the guides out at that point and now you can get the freshman supplemental guide from us, uh, which will be dropping on May or March 1st. Uh, you can get the Devi guide from us, which will be dropping in May. And we also have the CFF guide as well. So pre-orders available for that freshman guide. They are. It's uh, $20. Hop in there. Go get they it. Are. They are. Um, so Evan and Justin, this is kind of the, the last question I have for you guys. Um, what, is and we'll start with you evan what's the most important piece of advice that you would give to first timers um i would say definitely listen to you guys and all the podcasts you guys have uh here on (laughs) uh at c2c um because like a lot of it is um the information and after you start hearing names over and over again they start sticking in your head and then um that definitely helps um just the repetition and um like justin said going through fan tracks all the time and stuff like that and um i would definitely say the guides are 1000 percent worth the money Uh, It's filled with so much info that you guys put in there and so many players like you're going what, like 200 some deep in like each guide or something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely. Well, we, we appreciate that, that people use those. I mean, I use them all the time and I do think that they are uh, definitely, definitely helpful for, especially for, for people who are maybe a little bit newer people who may not necessarily know the names. Like I know you guys were saying, some of the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges is just knowing the names and trying to remember them and, and having them in a written format always helps me. But uh, I appreciate that. 
Uh, and Justin, most important piece of advice that you would give for first timers. I actually have a couple, a couple things. Not oh, okay. if people are interested, of course. Yeah, so I'm always interested. My first thing would be to do a mock draft or multiple mock drafts, as many as you would like beforehand. Uh, just in general to get familiar with players, but to also decide if it's something you you think you could do or if you think you'd be overwhelmed by it. I think finding the CTC C2C format for you that works because obviously there are a lot of different, you know, you know, just league settings wise and variations that you could go with. Uh, and then I would say what I did and and you know it's it takes a bit of extra work but i did an excel sheet for tracking during the startup i uh, used the aggregate rankings off of your guys site and would kind of highlight when people guys would go and you can kind of see how things are moving along with the you know if someone reached for a guy and it's just an easier way to know who's gone who might be available for you when your pick is coming up uh, etc uh, and then this is kind of just like a personal personal thing. I, I would say read and gather as much information as possible, but with the caveat of always make your own decisions. I like for like I would say if Austin says go pick up this player, I wouldn't just say I wouldn't just go pick up that Smart. player because Austin Smart. said so. I would definitely Austin not said so. That. I would, but not. Thank Austin. you. So you just Thank want you. to lose? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> But what I mean by that is don't blindly just do something because someone tells you to. I would, if Austin says that, I'm going to go look up that player myself and decide if I think that is what I should do. Because otherwise you pick up that player and you're like, okay, great. I'll start him. Does nothing. Oh, okay. Now, you know, now what? So it's Austin's fault. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you, you keep the blame on yourself. <laughs> um, if that makes any sense. Uh, I would also say, I know each league is different, but waivers are and can be your friend. You know, there's there's so many, so many players in college that can produce for your team. Even if they have no Debbie value, you can find value everywhere <laughs> out there, especially as the season goes on. I found that the Fantrax watch list is very useful for, you know, keeping track of guys that you may be interested in, whether... You know, they have one good week or a, a decent week and you want to keep seeing if they keep producing. Uh, I, f I found that to be to be very helpful. And then also to remember that you have two chances of succeeding. So even if your college team stinks or your NFL team stinks, the other side, you know, you always should hopefully have, uh, you know, an interest uh, and, you know, a chance in your league. Yeah, I think those are all great points. I love the the point you made too about kind of keeping your own spreadsheet and, and keeping track uh, of the players who get drafted as they get drafted using your rankings because Fantrax's rankings are based on uh, you know CFF, so it's based on that and the ADP in there. It's it's not necessarily that reliable for what we're trying to do with C two C. So it, oftentimes players do get missed and they do fall down the rankings. So that's a huge uh, thing that I do as well, where I will keep my own rankings, keep my own sheet kind of cross, like I don't cross them off cause it's on Excel, but like I'll highlight them as they get drafted and stuff. I do that a lot as well. But it is. I'll oh, go ahead, Justin. It is also fun to go back and look at how badly you screwed up then afterwards. 
Or I, I a, never do how that. well you succeeded, yeah. maybe. That one, that one. <laughs> that, I'm more familiar with that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was just going to say, you know, C2C is like very much at its core even more. And we've talked about this a little bit on the show before. I don't know. 80% of it is probably just information and effort. You know, th those are big edges still in C2C. Unlike, you know, Justin, you said you do your read wrap league every year. Like, what information do you have going into that draft that none of your league mates have? Like, you know, minuscule, maybe. I mean, I, I, it can't be that much. Whereas this one, you know, if you've got a little more access to depth charts, a little more knowledge of, uh, you know, maybe offensive head coaching systems, and then you're just willing to make your own spreadsheet and like, those things will set you apart from a lot of other managers. So I think there's still a lot of edges to be had as we've seen. I mean, Justin, you might be a savant. I don't know. He but is. for you to go 13 and 0 and then 9 and 1 in your first two years, having used no previous knowledge, um, I mean, I think tells you that, you know, if you're, you know, if you've got the information, you've got the effort, that those are two very big pieces that can really set you up for, you know, instant success. And I think it shows that if Evan changed his loser mentality, yeah, lazy, lazy and well. dumb. Yeah. Just, just uh. yeah, he got sorry, me. Evan. Sorry, Evan. I'm just, I'm just glad it wasn't, it wasn't me taking that shot. Um, but all right. Well, I, I appreciate you guys here coming on, sharing your experience. Uh, Evan, I believe you have a couple questions you listed on the show sheet for yep. me and Austin. Is yeah, how this I didn't, works for the record, but I didn't realize, me, but you know, yeah, I didn't realize Austin was going to be joining us tonight, so yeah, uh, it could be toward either of you or both. Um, but play first, host, Evan, play host, it's like playing Santa New Year or Christmas morning, you just you know, hand out a present. Come on, <laughs> all right, see it. Colin, here's your present. What is the thing you're most proud of so far in this journey that you guys have started over at C2C? Man, this one, this one was actually really tough. Um, there's just too many things to be honest to name. Like, I'm just proud of everything that we have done um, as a group, as a collective here, and we just really are, are changing the industry here. But I think if I had to pick one, it would be the freshman and supplemental draft guide because it is the only thing like that that's out there. They there's there's nothing else out there on freshmen and, and incoming freshmen and supplemental drafts you can go to 24 7 you can go to on three you can find the player rankings on there but they, they don't really all have that many write-ups so you're not really like getting a picture of these players and you know, we our guide will actually at least whether you agree with us whether you like our takes or not it will at least give you a view of that player because there are so many freshman players out there that it's it's hard to watch all of them. I mean, I I struggle with it. Fortunately, we have a great recruiting team there who who helps to fill in those gaps for me. So I would say the freshman and supplemental guide. Nice. And then Austin, same thing to you. What uh, are you most proud of so far? Uh hmm. I uh, you know this will. Uh, I'll, I'll try to go a different direction than Colin because I think his answer was really good. I like the team that. Wait, we sorry. Put hang on. Together. Stop. Did you just say my answer was good? It was a good answer. Oh, cool. Right. It's a good answer. I don't know how long you rehearsed it in a mirror before you hopped on here, but it was good. Um, I, was, I have to thank Evan for putting it on the show sheet first. It gave me plenty yeah, of time. He has his brother on to lob him softballs. Seriously, right? I'm over here <laughs> shooting from the hip. You know, <laughs> um, wild card. I, uh, I I think it's the team that we built at C2C, honestly. Uh, I, I really, really like all the guys that we work with and and, and um, women, too. Like just, the, just the gang that we have over there. I think it's... Uh, a sharp group. Um, I'd argue 
based on, you know, the format and how they're just like, I, I would argue pound like pound for pound in terms of just knowledge and in the, the access to it that we have possibly the best group of any site out there, uh, quite frankly. So, um, yeah, I think that's what I'm most uh, proud of. Yeah, you definitely have a very talented and uh, dedicated group over there working with you guys. So, and then Colin for sure, even Colin. Yeah. Thank oh, you. No, I said and then Colin. But I know, cool. but I'm choosing to listen to what he said. <laughs> Thank you. All right, um, Justin, uh, did you have a question then? Yeah, enough with you know hyping each other up here. Okay. <laughs> uh, so one thing that I uh, forgot to mention as a challenge uh, would be uh, valuing trades or, you know, mm -hmm. how to value uh, player trades either on the college side or, or uh, even more complicated between the college and NFL side. So just any advice that, that either of you go by with that? I think the biggest piece of advice that I can give for that is put a player when it's, when it's a pick, put a player to the pick. It's, it's very easy to get caught up in, Oh, well, I'm trading a, in a startup draft. I'm trading a third round NFL pick for a, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh round NCAA pick. Well, when you look at the players that you're trading, like, OK, just based on ADP, who are you going to get in the third round there? You're probably going to get a better player than what you're going to get on the fourth, fifth, sixth side on the NCAA side. So just put players to picks when you're trying to do things in the supplemental draft and it's not going to be perfect but at least gives you like a ballpark and a range on okay you know what this is probably a little light for this player i'm gonna need some earlier picks when you're looking at just strictly players um we've talked about this once or twice on the podcast before and i agree with what austin says where i wouldn't trade an elite nfl asset for college only players um, but once you drop down a tier i would say to if you're going to trade an NFL side play a uh, player on the NFL side, I want to either make sure that the player I'm getting on the college side is going to help me win the college championship, like unequivocally going to put my team over the top, or it's going to be a Debbie player that I have faith in. So you, you have to try to make sure you're not trading for roster cloggers. Some of these guys that maybe we think had hope at one point, but now we're not so sure about, or, you know, it's, it's an RB two, three borderline college guy who, you know, I can start him, but I'm only going to have him for one year. Like I want difference makers or Debbie assets. Okay. And then uh, on top of that, one thing I did want to throw in was um, <laughs> uh, I, one of my favorite episodes that you guys did was like on that topic, actually, mm -hmm. um, when you were discussing different valuations between college and NFL and you use some scenarios and stuff like that. Because that is one thing I also struggle with is trying to find the value between the two sides and uh, trying to complete trades. So that was very helpful. I think uh, I think a lot of people are in that same boat. And during this, you know, C2C strategy series that I'm running, I, you know, a little teaser here, there may or may not be a episode on trades and how to value some of them. Austin doesn't know this because he's gone. He's actually he's on suspension. Uh, I don't know how he actually even got in here, really. Like, I need to kind of look into revoking his access to everything on the back end. Like, I thought I had it covered, but alas. Good luck. <laughs> um, Evan, did you have any other questions that you wanted to, to throw our way here? I did. Um, 
this one's not a softball. Um, so what is the weakest part of your evaluation process that you want to work to get better at? I am too dedicated. I'm, I work too hard, uh, at this and, and I put in too much effort. No, um, I don't, I am getting a lot better at it, but I still don't have a great handle on the data and analytics side of things. We have a lot of great people over at Campus to Canton who have really been helping uh, me and, and everybody else to figure out some of the, the metrics and the data that matters and how to use it and what all of these metrics mean. But I am still very much a novice when it comes to all of that stuff. So I would like to get better independently identifying stats and what matters for certain positions um, and, and just kind of build that into my evaluation on my own instead of relying on some of the other great people that we have at the site. Okay, then Austin, same question to you. Uh, what's your the weakest part of your evaluation process? Yeah, I so I am trying to get better at I trust everybody else that we work with. Like I, we would straight up just not hire somebody if we think they're idiots. Um, that's not going to happen. We don't want, <laughs> quite frankly, Thank like you. we don't want like a bloated, you know, staff of people. Like we just, we don't want that. We're, we're only hiring people that we really trust. I just have a very hard time. You know, Justin was talking about earlier, you know, not just, not just taking somebody else's advice and uh, you know, just doing what, you know, like I, I would rather fail with my own, than fail with you know make a mistake based on what somebody else told me um that's really been a, a a driving thing for me ever since i've started playing fantasy um so i definitely feel like there are seasons um where maybe i don't do quite as well because a lot of my not sleeper guys because those don't really hurt you but kind of those middle tier guys that you take in drafts um kind of end up crapping the bed i had lost a lot of leagues last year on the back of you know, Dominic Richardson at Oklahoma State. Nathaniel and, Pete. Uh, Nathan yes, Nathaniel Pete at Mizzou. And uh, a couple of other guys as well. And But I am fine with doing, like, losing that way than having trusted somebody else telling me Christopher Brooks was another one at BYU. Um, I don't know. Like, listening to somebody tell me something else and it being, you know, wrong. Like, I, I would rather go down that way. But I do need to be, more, you know, a little more trusting when, like the money is on the line and you kind of got to make a decision. So Austin doesn't like listening to other people. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. It, right? it, 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 it's yeah. on brand. Like hashtag. I, you know, sorry, but yeah, that that's the least surprising thing. Uh, I, I will though, like you said, self-awareness, 80% of the battle. Exactly. You are at least self-aware there. Um, all right. Did either of you guys have any other questions here for us? I have one more, or I have one that I thought of, because uh, we we didn't mention it a ton uh, earlier. Evan briefly did, but as kind of another challenge is the basically the transfer portal madness now that college football is. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question would be, how has the transfer portal changed possibly how you guys view maybe either supplemental drafts or just you know the whole landscape? Can I take this one first, Colin? I suppose so. Chris Moxley and I have been doing, we've had a lot of discussions about this live on shows, in the Discord, on Twitter, just chatting with each other because we're degenerates. Uh, I really almost 
think without like without multiple years of data to confirm this that I'm almost going to start playing a lot of these college side leagues where I want to compete uh, as one year propositions like every single year. Like I think the era of really valuing a true sophomore at a small school who produces really well for CFF really high because you're probably going to get them in the same offense with the same coach with the same quarterback you know, doing you know, the, the same things for three or four years in a row, I think it's going to happen a lot less. Like guys like Jacob Cowing, like Tyron Smith, like Devontae Walker, like um, uh, Dante uh, Cephas, Dante Cephas, um, uh, Kanata Mumfield, like all these small school guys, they want to try to bump up now that it's so easy because, you know, if you can prove it at your level and then prove it at the next level, it looks better for the NFL. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of that. So I, I am dabbling with the notion that that it matters less. I might be more willing to lean into a fifth-year senior than because, you know, I just, you know, I, that's fine. He'll probably score more. I might have been marginally more interested in the guy scoring slightly less but has, you know, three more years of eligibility. So I think in short, like, yeah, I think, it's, I think it is going to impact. And I think you almost, if you really want to compete, treat the CFF pure guys as a, like a redraft proposition. Uh, and not get too caught up in trying to find guys with three or four years of value. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, Starting to treat it a little bit more like uh, a one-year window where, you know, last year I kind of made a little bit more of a shift towards valuing some of those guys that have, you know, two, three years left uh, that were, you know, big-time producers, and you kind of got left holding the bag in some of those situations. Now, Carson Steele, ended up paying off for you at UCLA or we think will end up paying off for you at UCLA. But I mean, there was definitely no guarantee that he was going to transfer up from ball state and, you know, still end up in, in a system that we, we really like for fantasy purposes and kind of the same thing for Devontae Walker, uh, you know, going up from Kent state, that's I think is ultimately going to work out for you because he's at North Carolina. He's attached to Drake may, he should be that number one wide receiver there, but, such a risky proposition because he could have just as easily ended up like Tyron Smith and transferred up and went to Texas A&M. And now he's a guy that I don't really want anything to do with. So I think that's a really good point. And that is something that I have been having a hard time mulling over this off season as well. I mean, the transfer portal has thrown just such a huge wrinkle into the game that you can have an information advantage and you can have a, I don't want to say perspective advantage, but a foresight where you're looking ahead thinking I'm going to get this guy so I can have three or four years and it just gets dashed. And for people saying, duh, like as they're listening to this, it was not so obvious a year ago to the point where when I, you know, informally pulled people about kind of this topic, the answer, like a, a hot take in my 10 hot takes last year article that I did before the season was that all of the G5 to P5 receivers struggle and that was considered a hot take a year ago and the only one that really paid off at adp with jake cowing so yeah. um i not that that's not like a haha i was right but like th- this was not a common thought a year ago like so i mean I, I i think it's going to become more and more obvious as the years go on here yeah i would agree with that uh evan you got a last one one or two for us yeah i got one last question this one's a little more on the personal side uh for no. those that don't know, I'm a big Ravens fan, and uh, I have a strong desire to burn that Le'Veon Bell jersey sitting behind Austin right there. 
But um, as a Ravens fan, what can I expect from uh, Todd Monken this year, assuming Lamar Jackson's back? Yeah, assuming Lamar Jackson's back. Um, but either way, I think you can I expect. I think you can expect more passing from Monken. Um, he has passed at an above average rate uh, everywhere he has been, and you know he's coming from Georgia. We tend to think of Georgia as a more run heavy team. But actually, he Georgia did pass at an elite above league average rate at uh, in neutral situations. So he does tend to throw the ball a little bit more. They were up big in games, so that's kind of why you're thinking maybe that they ran it. Um, but when he when Todd Monken was a coordinator in the NFL with Tampa Bay and with Cleveland, he averaged about four thousand yards a season. So you can expect more passing out of the Ravens. And I also, I don't think he's going to force the pass necessarily. Like, you know, I think he's a good enough coordinator where he will use the talent that he has available to him. But this really solidifies Mark Andrews' role. Uh, I don't, there's no question. I think that he's the tight end two now because everywhere that Monken has been has used the tight end. And now not just Brock Bowers at Georgia the past two years, but when he was in um, Tampa Bay, those were the years where Cameron Brait had nice years and OJ Howard both had nice years. Um, you know, I, I don't have like a hard average here, but I, I think Andrews is going to see about a hundred targets again. I think he's going to be that top option in that passing attack. So more passing and Andrews is Andrews role is going to stay, stay steady. Like to hear it. Um, Austin, did you have anything else you wanted to ask these guys before we get them out of here? No, thanks for hopping on. Uh, with us guys i uh haven't seen justin in a while so this was good to uh to get to talk with them we have we talked for like 30 minutes before the show so uh maybe we'll throw some of those bloopers here at the end if, if colin's feeling generous on the editing side of things um just you know the four of us goofing off a little bit but uh yeah thanks for hopping on guys for talking about you know people with no real devi or c2c experience or or knowledge hopping into it and showing that, you know, it's, it's not as scary or as hard as it seems. And that, uh, you know, it's no time like the present to just hop in and try it. And what's the worst that happens? You suck for one year, just don't join a $500 buy-in league. And if it's bad, then you just give it up the next year. But I think you'll find more often than not that, uh, that you'll like it. So thanks for coming on guys and, uh, talking a little bit about that experience. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having me. Um, one thing I do want to say before we go is uh, I am really proud of what you guys are doing there at C2C. Um, Colin, I don't know if you quite remember this, but I remember during the beginning of COVID, you staying at my apartment for a week and you telling me I'm going to just buy the domain name campuscanton.com <laughs> or something, I do. see what happens. Maybe we'll make a website or something. And to see how far you guys have come with your website, your guides, everything. It's uh, truly great to see. And I hope you... Uh, can't wait to see what you come up with next. Thank you. I do remember that. Um, I also remember the second podcast episode that we recorded, Austin and I together. The second one was at your place as well. Um, so it was a, a lot of a lot of early milestones happened at uh, happened at your your old apartment there. Yeah, we never would have met each other without uh, yeah. without Evan. Yeah. So you know. that was another thing I was meant to bring up. Since <laughs> you guys would have never met without me. Fair to say C2C might not be a thing. So 
Maybe uh, after we sign off here, we can talk about compensation or something. Point, um, 0.25% equity out of Colin's share. That's the best I, I can offer. I will defer you to my lawyer, who is not Austin. <laughs> I will find one, but it's not Austin. Felix? No, no. I think Felix would side with you. Still too close Evan. to home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to go outside the circles here. I, I'll find somebody. I'll find somebody. Um. But no, I really appreciate you guys hopping on here too. Like Austin said, um, just talking about how it's not that scary of an experience. You know, it's it can seem daunting at first, but if you love football and you know you used to like college football or you still do love college football, this is a great way to just kind of really immerse yourself in college football. Like I, I think the biggest thing for me was I found that once I started playing college fantasy football and C2Cs, I just found a renewed love for, for college football. Cause you know, I haven't, we grew up Penn state fans always rooted for Penn state, but now I'm finding I'm rooting for more teams. Like I kind of like Washington now I got a little soft spot for him. No. (laughs) Um, And Justin, we'll have to get you uh, get, get you a team. You'll have have to find a team. You like, well, I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So I've, I've been, kind of leaning you know following wake forest more so. okay sam hartman transferring was a tough one okay i don't think they'll lose too much there with mitch griff mitch griffiths if that helps that offense is a tough watch <laughs> i i went to a game in person and it felt like hartman was like standing with the ball in the running back's hands for like five seconds every play and yeah, he no, was, he's so crazy. close so close to the center i'm like what is <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you guys hopping on again here. That is going to do it for us tonight. If you missed it at the beginning of the show, I was joined by my brother, Evan, uh, and our good friend, close personal friend, Justin, her, uh, Austin was also here too. Um, but the, before we get out of here, this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at fantasy points live, or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. That's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. I'm Justin. I'm Evan. And I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) And have a good one. Taking the brunt of it all the time. Oh, there he goes. Now Austin started recording. So, again, (laughs) we'll edit all of this out. I'm I'm a mute now, so... Justin, did you did you shave your beard considerably from like recent? I feel like I saw a picture of you around the holiday that you had like a oh yeah, it was bigger beard. It was pretty gnarly was, over the holidays. Same with my nice hair. Look. I've been growing out my uh, my hair too here Ooh, recently. Okay. It looks long. But we were uh, on vacation in the Bahamas last week, uh, so I were you really? It. I trimmed it down. Yeah, we took uh, Corny's parents are down there on their sailboat. So we took wow. AZ with us and lived on a sailboat for a week. Nice. Wow. Was, uh, you Sound know, like, it, uh, Austin here on his <laughs> private yacht. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that Courtney's parents had a sailboat. Yeah. Her grandparents had one, uh, you know, when her dad was growing up. And then her parents uh, took over that one. But then they bought, they got rid of that one and got a new one a couple years ago. And when her parents retired, uh, they went down to the Bahamas for the first time two years ago. And they, they're they kind of going to take like a year off 
uh, in between and they went back this year they'll be down there till like may wow. uh, and they got down in like mid-january so where are they staying down there just on the boat on, on the boat just ask. hopping around <laughs> island hopping. i don't know maybe they wanted to stay at a resort or something it was i mean we had very low expectations being there with the seven month old <laughs> Uh, but there was one night that like it was crazy windy and i mean it was just like you were like this the entire night and az slept great and everyone else <laughs> no one else <laughs> like, figure. but yeah it was uh it was a good time <laughs> how do you have a captain's hat uh i did not unfortunately <laughs> austin has work it's been great yeah been real good get your push-ups in yeah, I'm at 130 for the day, so nice. I want to get up to 200. So we'll see. Justin is is just does Justin know about what we're doing this month? Well, what some of us have been doing this month, Colby has not been participating. <laughs> we got to get Justin in the chat, even though it's yeah, 80 gambling, which I'm pretty sure he doesn't do. Yeah, um, that's fine. I don't really respond much to the gambling either. I would if it was legal in North Carolina, but it's not. Ooh, ooh. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. When I was at the Outer Bank, you guys can play prize picks there. Yeah, true. Whenever I go to Virginia, Maryland, or Pennsylvania, I gamble or I, you know, bet when I'm there, but I can't do it. You have a promo code for them? We do. Deposit <laughs> match up to $100? Yeah. Deposit match up to $100. You get your free get a free year membership or 29.99 towards a membership. Either way. Well, I already have a yearly membership. Do you actually think people are going to uh, like this or listen to this? Absolutely. They're going to love this. What you drinking from the rusty rail there, Hulky? Alone in the woods. You're drinking alone in the woods? <laughs> yes. Sounds about right. It's a black lager. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's good. They've been coming up with a lot of different stuff lately. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little disappointed with that root bear, though. I'm not going to lie. It was all right. How long is this show supposed to be? I'm just debating if I'm going to be on or not. <laughs> don't really have so, a set time, to be honest. So here's what I'm doing here over the next couple of weeks. In order to finally be a real adult, and because of my current work schedule, I'm trying to invert my sleep schedule. <laughs> so instead of like getting up right before work, logging on like during busy season, working till like 8 o'clock, and then trying to work out, eat, do C2C work, and go to bed, I'm trying to flip it so I get up at like 6 a.m. and I work out and then like get start working early and then like, you know, have time for other stuff. Um, but I hate it. <laughs> um, it's been a struggle. So I'm just debating how late I should be up. Gotcha. Probably, well, I, you can probably see how it's going mm -hmm. and then, you know, just see if you're interested. I mean, I don't it'll probably be an hour if I had to guess. Based on the, do you want the show sheet, Austin? I asked you and you never said. Yeah, anything. can you forward it to me? Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just going to drop it in the private chat here. That yeah. works. I was actually going to use this as a, a platform for my uh, budding stand up comedy career. So, how about it? Yeah, I was going to throw a couple jokes in there too. <laughs> how about sure it? It'll all land perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I'll hang out. I'll I like your rope, Colin. Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's a it's like a staple. The ones they gave out at Dunder Mifflin for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> they take Toby's away from them. Yeah. 
It's a it's a staple. I wear it pretty much every show. I don't wear it during live shows because this is a professional outfit. <laughs> and I've been chastised before. You, you got to get a classy robe for like live shows. That should be, that would be a good bit if you had to change out of your your <laughs> casual robe to your show robe. That that would be a good bit. I think you should consider that. I think as C two C, we should maybe get you a really nice maroon one. You should with the gold trim wedding gift. Felix would be like, oh yeah, let's drop five hundred bucks like on a really nice robe. C two C cash. I just thought you wrote it off. It's like a business expense, so it doesn't exist. If you say write it off one more time, Colin, I'm getting in the car and driving to Lancaster. Beat your ass at the end of the show. That'll be how we wrap it up nerds it's gonna take you longer than an hour to get here though not so. with the few the anger that'll be fueling me on the way there <laughs> you forgot about his private turnpike that's a good point i did forget about his pj my helicopter might work a little better yeah, that'll be good i'll just jump out of it <laughs> it's awesome. you see austin coming through the window behind you <laughs> yeah Come in right behind me yeah <laughs>